this spring, state lawmakers unanimously approved legislation dealing with where student debt court proceedings are brought in order to alleviate some of the burden on defendants in these cases. For more on the legislation, we're joined by its assembly sponsor, Manhattan Democrat Harvey Epstein. Welcome back to the show, assembly member. Thank you for having me back and happy to talk about this important issue. Well, yeah, for starters, what kind of court proceedings are covered by this legislation? We're really focusing on student debt. So I go to SUNY Albany, and when I left, I owe them $2,000. What's happened over the last 30 years is the Attorney General, even though, let's say, I was based in New York City, the Attorney General was to still sue me in Albany for $2,000, and I'd have to travel to Albany to defend myself, to answer the proceeding, to defend the proceeding, and even to dispute the claims. And what we saw in most of these student debt cases is high levels of default of students who weren't even appearing because they could be living in Suffolk County and and owe a couple thousand dollars and to travel to Albany just to defend themselves didn't make any sense. Well, let's go back to the origin of that sort of debt. What, What are the ways in which a student can end up owing a school some money? Yeah, so that's a good question, Dave. So through your school years, there are lots of ways that you increase debt. You know, obviously, if you don't pay your tuition, a lot of students are getting tuition assistance through TAP or Pell Grants. You could be having costs associated with, you know, your room and board, to sort of the meal plan or your housing. But there are also other fees associated with students, whether it's like a book fee or administrative fees. Both when I was in school and my children in college, they would get random fees all the time and we wouldn't know what they were for. And they would become $50, $100, $200 at a time, these random fees that would just come on their account. And a lot of students didn't have additional resources to pay those fees. And in terms of alleviating the burden of the defendant, the students, and potentially their families and preventing them from having to go back to where they went to school – what would this bill mean? Would they essentially have to be sued in their home county? Exactly. So I live in Manhattan. So if I owed money to SUNY Geneseo, Geneseo through the attorney general would have to sue me in Manhattan County. And the reason that makes sense is because you can actually defend yourself. Let's say I don't owe the money. Let's say they uh, let's say I owe $2,000 and I think I really owe $500. I don't owe anything. For me to try to travel regularly to defend myself the cost is prohibitive as well as the time that it takes here it really puts the student in a much better bargaining position because they're really like, okay i can go into my own county defend myself and try to negotiate something that i agree that i may or may not know so if i say like i agree that i have 300 dollars, i can go to court say i owe 300 dollars and really not have additional costs associated with defending my 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 rights and where is the attorney general's office on this legislation? Are they supportive of having to potentially go around the state to bring these cases? Yeah, so we met with the attorney general over the last couple of years, and there was an article in the Times two years ago just on this issue. And based on our bill and feedback from the attorney general's office, they agreed to stop suing all students in Albany. And uh, this year became a supportive of this legislation. Now, we have high expectations that we're – with their support and support of other institutions that will be in good shape to get the governor to sign it. 
So you've been framing this in the context of Sunni schools. Is this something that also applies to the public institutions in New York City, the, the CUNY schools? Yeah, it does. And is it the same situation there where it would come to the attorney general's office or because those are based in New York City, there's some other entity that's responsible for bringing those lawsuits? Yeah, the attorney general's on behalf of the state, uh, CUNY, uh, they, they sometimes either hire their own or you know, they have like higher outside counsel or they, were, they get it resolved themselves. And is there an expectation for what this will mean with debt collection efforts moving forward? Is there an assumption that students and their families might now be more successful in contesting some of these cases? And so the institutions might bring in less money that they think they're entitled to, at least? I think one is that students will be able to defend themselves, which is the most important thing. They can actually appear in court and represent their interests. Two is I think... We'll have cases that will be joined, which means there'll be a complaint and an answer. So we won't have as many high defaults. And I think people will be able to negotiate things that they can actually agree to in the end. So I think it's better for the students, better for the system and the institutions because they'll get to a resolution that works for them and the students. And what, if anything, does this mean for private colleges and universities in New York? So this is about things that are being owed to the state of New York. So... Most private colleges, there aren't going to be debts owed to the state of New York. You know, obviously there's TAP or Pell Grants, so that may affect some private. Most likely we're talking about government-related debt. So then I guess the reason I bring up the private colleges and universities is because I imagine there are situations where students could uh, amass some sort of debt that they end up owing uh, a private college or university. So I'm curious if those institutions would be allowed to bring lawsuits of some sort based on where they're located or whether they are already required to bring their cases based on where the student and their family reside. So right now, for anything that's not owed to the state of New York, it's usually where the debt occurs. So a lot of institutions view that as where the college is located. And that's been a lot of history of private institutions. They sue in their own county. So this is just changing the law for debt owed to the state. Do you think there's any merit to expanding this legislation, thinking beyond just debt owed to the state? I do. I do think that for private colleges that have New York residents, I think there's a lot of argument for people who are living in other parts of the state to be able to to defend themselves from where they live. I understand the impact that it has on private colleges if they only have one defendant who lives in Suffolk County versus the SUNY system with a million students and the attorney general's offices all over the state. Versus a small private college, it might be more. It might be more complicated for them. I'm sympathetic to those concerns as well. Those small private institutions. Well, finally, thinking about student debt more broadly, what if anything do you think the state could or should be doing in this arena? So, first of all, I want to thank President Biden for really working hard on student debt forgiveness. And while the Supreme Court found his original plan to be unconstitutional because they said he didn't have the authority to forgive all that debt. It's really plays out to be a race and a class issue around debt and student debt. The people who are lower income and a lot of families are lower income communities of color are really burdened by student debt. 
I think we need to have a much more proactive role in helping people forget, forgive student debt. The second thing is, I think we have to treat people who are situated differently in different situations. Some people, eight semesters of TAP is enough. For a lot of New Yorkers, it's not because they're going to school part-time. Maybe they need to get to grad school. Maybe they're homeless. We really need to look at a more flexible TAP system for those New Yorkers who have real much higher needs. And the path forward is pretty clear that education creates opportunities for a lot of people. You can really see how people's socioeconomic situation changes. For a school like in my district, Baruch, it is the number one school in the United States that changes people's economic system for lower income to higher income in the nation than just because of education. So we just need to be more thoughtful about where people are at and give them more, maybe TAP resources, more, more semesters or TAP, more TAP for graduate school to really help students. We see a declining student enrollment and one way to respond to that is to be more flexible in how we give out those state dollars. Well, we've been speaking with Assemblymember Harvey Epstein. He is a Manhattan Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you very much, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Support for Capital Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.